Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today I talk with Josh Kim about his life story. Going into it, I actually thought we were going to be talking about his woodworking, pottery, PC building, all, all of his crafty talents. But we ended up talking mostly about an accident that really shifted the trajectory of his life and the tensions that that brought between him and his parents. And I think you're going to be able to relate to this very well, especially if you're Korean American. So thank you guys for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast, and we have a very special guest with us today, Mr. Josh Kim. Josh, thank you for being on. Hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an honor and privilege to finally be on your podcast. No, it's the honor is all mine. Um, it's it's fun. It's going to be fun talking to you because I feel like there are many nights recently where we're talking anyways uh, mm-hmm. via the video games that we've been playing uh, uh, on the on the PC. Um, and Speaking of PC, um, I, well, we'll get into it later, but just to kind of prime the listeners, you, you your Instagram name is Crafty Chuno, right? And yes. I think it's so appropriate um, that it's Crafty Chuno because you are probably the craftiest person I know. Um, you, I think you think that is a... <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just one thing, right? You, you do a lot of woodwork. You you actually recently sent me um, two mugs like like pottery mugs that's I did, like I did. finished like glazed is that the term where it's yes. like completely yes. finished yeah uh, you you sent me two of those while you were sending me uh, spare fans for my PC which you also built you build PCs right so yes. what it feels like anything that has anything to do with building things with your hands you're you know how to do mm-hmm. and. And actually, before we get into your story of how you came to be that way, I have a, I have a quick... Uh, I don't even know if you know this, but uh-huh, you uh-huh. actually had a big part in my wedding. I did? did? You know this? Yeah. Wait, did I? Wait. And the, the way that that happened is because... Do you remember you building that big cross for David and Blair? At their yes. yes. Yeah, so for our wedding, we also didn't have it at, our, at a church, so we wanted a cross. Uh-huh. And David and Blair had that cross that you oh. built so we took it we just i mean we just painted it kind of just like uh like screwed it in uh like uh-huh. i think we remade a base for it but then like the actual cross structure of it we reused so i had um, no idea That's yeah yeah funny. yeah in a very roundabout <laughs> way we are uh yeah. thanks i was there yeah the, the even, story i didn't even connects. know you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah um with that kind of um sneak peek into what we're eventually going to talk about i wanted to take it all the way to the front like not the front all the way to the beginning of like okay. where you were born like how you grew mm-hmm. up so that so that we can try to see if there's anything about how you were raised that informed your desire to yeah like build and create mm. yeah so whenever like wherever you want to start from okay uh like a lot of us and all of our listeners uh, mm-hmm. my parents were uh, immigrants they moved here in 1988 uh, to Virginia, uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in 89. Um, yeah, and I grew up uh, with my parents there. My sister was born about a year and a half later. Um, both my parents were very 
Um, actually, um, in terms of faith, my dad was actually the one that converted my mom. So mm-hmm. my dad was very much uh, faithful and um, serving the church and uh, brought my mom also to Christ. So, you know, from a very young age, uh, I was baptized and uh, raised, to, raised in church. Um, and then in eighth grade, I moved down to Georgia. Uh, my dad, before he was doing construction, uh, he had had a bit of a career change. Uh, he was getting old and he was tired of doing all that labor. So he bought a liquor store down here in uh, Georgia, uh, close in Marietta, in fact. And um, that was eighth grade. Wait, so I'll, I'm curious about this mm-hmm. because I moved from L.A. when I was in sixth grade. So I'm uh-huh. always curious about other people uh-huh. and their experience uh-huh. moving to Georgia from a relatively larger city because I mean Virginia right side of right outside of DC there's it's mm-hmm. a pretty populated area it's not it like is. the boonies like uh, Georgia used to be right yeah <laughs> so yeah so uh, growing up yeah DC there was a lot of Koreans there uh, mm-hmm. you know like uh, Arlington Fairfax all that area very a lot of Koreans so I remember mm-hmm. growing up it's big huge Korean church a lot of Korean friends uh, a lot of Asian friends, like a lot of, a lot, really diverse. Mm. And uh, I, I never, you know, uh, I was comfortable. Like, oh, these people look like me and we had like the same things, we eat the same food. So growing up, up until I guess seventh grade, it was pretty normal. But uh, I do remember moving down here and being, um, especially in the East Cobb area, being predominantly, you know, Caucasian. It was mm. a pretty big shock to me. Uh, and just even culturally, the way they dress. I remember... Uh, First day of eighth grade, I came like I was wearing like I, I don't guys I don't know if you remember back then it was like the baggy short baggy like pants right yeah. like I had like the the black baggy pants the and then Jinkos, I had like right? yeah 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 <laughs> and then I had like the the red I had a red shirt on with like a skull and I, I thought I was kind of like hard I was in a uh-huh. band you know you know I like I thought I was kind of like hard and like emo I had, like uh-huh. long hair uh-huh. and then like I remember walking into the lunchroom and it's like all these white kids and they're abro- like. American Eagle, like super preppy, like mm. super like, you know, clean cut, like no dark colors, like, and they just like looked at me and I was like, I felt so out of place. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a big shock for me. <laughs> well, what did you play in the band? I was an electric guitarist. Cool. Oh, so you, yeah. you really must have been like all that where you, where you were. Huh? Oh yeah. I was a, I was a big shock. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay, so you you came here. You're surrounded by white people, and uh-huh. you're. So did that do anything to kind of your sense of identity at all? Uh, for sure, I realized, man, I'm so different. Just the way I look, the way I dress. I remember that weekend. I was like, "Mom, we need to go to American Eagle." And I remember my mom <laughs> dropping like three hundred dollars, just getting me like a whole new like wardrobe. Like, mom, I need wow. new clothes, or wow. I'm gonna be like miserable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for sure. Like I for sure felt, man, I am not white, <laughs> mm. and uh, my interests are so different. But you know, even with that being said, I did find like a good group of guys who weren't like, you know, like uh, they were white, of course, but they were into like the same music as I was, and they had similar interests. So like that kind of worked out. Mm. I thought, man, it's like man, I'm gonna have to like start liking country music and like you know, uh, I don't know other stereotypical, you know, Caucasian things. But yeah, it all I mean, worked out there. If you think about it, like Georgia and Atlanta, like or the metro Atlanta area, uh-huh. very different. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like we're kind of in a bubble here. The rest for of Georgia sure. is 
So I think, like, especially for me, when I found out that we were moving to the suburbs of Atlanta, mm-hmm. all I could think about was, so we're going to be surrounded by farms and like, <laughs> cows, right? Like, that's kind of the imagery yeah, that I had. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. That, oh, that's nice. So, um, but one thing I want to go back to that you mentioned is your father was in construction. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So it's... Is that, I mean, did you ever like help him or did you get into, did that ever pique your interest while he was doing that? No, actually um, in high school, I did work, uh, two summers, I did work for a construction company that my dad knew. And I only did it because the money was good. I didn't really have any interest in it, hmm. uh, but it, they, would pay, they paid me well, like 10 bucks an hour under the table. So I did it just to make money. I see. But uh, in retrospect, it really helped me uh, like today, like right now, because I'm renovating my house right now. And mm. all the stuff I learned there, like it's coming back. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I did those two summers, like, you know, renovating houses because now I'm able to renovate my own house. So, yeah. Wow. So you moved here when you were in eighth grade and in high school. So, but your dad wasn't working construction anymore, though, no, right? No. So, did he just know people in construction? Yeah, I, I guess he just knew. Oh well, from, I guess because customers from the liquor store, he knew that a few that owned mm. construction companies. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you got connected, and so yeah. during those two, two summers, uh-huh. where you were working for the construction company, what were you primarily doing? Uh, renovating. So like old houses, tearing down interior, exterior. Um, siding rebuilds walls painting everything wow um, i really learned a lot some of the more dangerous stuff like electrical like i didn't mm-hmm. do but i did watch because mm-hmm. i just out of curiosity but yeah pretty much everything yeah i know electrical and plumbing they're like the two yes big things where you kind of need like, yes more specialty and expertise uh-huh. to actually do right Right. Gotcha, gotcha. I could do a limited amount of both, but mm-hmm. nothing too extensive. Mm. I can like move an outlet and like that's about it. <laughs> mm. I see, I see. Wow, wow. So that's so even without like cuz when you said that your dad worked in construction, mm-hmm. I figured that was where you got your craftiness from. But it doesn't even really sound like you were all that interested while your dad was doing that, huh? Not really. Uh, mostly because my dad didn't want me to do it either. Like you're like you're not doing construction and you're doing becoming a you know doctor mm. or dentist or whatever. So yeah. like, so yeah. so then like yeah, let, let's continue with your kind of life life journey. So okay. you, these these summers you're doing that, but what what were the school years like and what what was it like leading up to college? Uh, pretty typical, you know, Korean American first gen, a lot of pressure. Uh, and I was fully convinced the only way I'd uh, glorify the Lord would be was to become a doctor, right? And my parents have convinced me of that, and I was, you know, convinced too. So, yeah. uh, a lot, you know, a lot of extracurriculars, a lot of studying, a lot of, you know, SAT prep. Uh, of course, that wasn't it. You know, I had to be not only excellent academically, but you know, in sports. You know, I played so many sports. I st- ended up sticking with swimming. Uh, because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and I like being alone, and it seemed to fit better in my personality. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know just piano violin guitar like just everything right that they just made me as as uh doctor ready as possible (laughs) (laughs) so then where did you end up going to school and did you actually like what did you end up studying uh i went to tech i studied biology of course uh of course i did not have a choice my parents like you're doing biology you're doing you know pre-med track Mm. and yeah so that's what i studied at tech wow that's that's actually pretty 
Is it common? I, I, it might be because I was in the like engineering bubble that I might mm-hmm. not know, but it's not really common for people to be like, bio major at tech, right? It's not. Um, but my parent, like I, like I was like maybe I should do it. Like I looked into like biomedical engineering, mm-hmm. and my parents were like, why the engineering? You're not becoming an engineer. You're become a doctor. You know, mm. so to them it's like biology, biology, biology. So I didn't really have a choice and that's just what I did. But yeah, definitely among my friends, I was the only bio major. Everyone was like, you know, IE, civil, double E, definitely. So I was the odd one out, but mm. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So then did you end up going to med school or like, well, what was the turning point from being told, oh, you have to go to med school, you have to go to, you have to become a doctor to like the path that you ended up taking? Uh, so yeah, I think uh, James might have mentioned it to you, but uh, I had an accident. So uh, so I graduated tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a job. I took a year off. Um, got a job at a dental office, uh, and, I, and I switched to pre med to pre dental because uh, my parents, I guess, through the years realized I was really good with my hands, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they also wanted me to be um, very family oriented, mm-hmm. and they knew that doctors really didn't have as much time. But they, they heard um, from word of mouth that dentists not only make a lot of money, but they have a lot of time. So they have a lot of time to spend with their family, et cetera. So they kind of shifted my, the gears a little bit to dentistry. And so, um, and it was kind of late in, the, in my career. It was like maybe third or fourth year where I switched. So that's why I took that year off because, you know, I was studying and doing all these things for like pre-med, but pre-dental is a little different. You know, the, 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 the MCAT is, instead of the MCAT, I had to take the DAT. So like... I had to shift gears a little bit. So instead of like rushing things, I was just like, I'm gonna take a year off. I'm gonna mm-hmm. study for my DAT. Is also get experience, uh, working at a, a dental office, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what I did. And actually, that after a year, uh, I that summer, um, I, this whole time too, I was uh, also very like active at church. Mm-hmm. Um, my junior junior is when I really started working with the youth group, youth kids, and that, and I really loved it. I really, really loved it. Um, and that that summer, I was coming actually driving back from a summer retreat, mm-hmm. and I, I had a car accident, and that's kind of where everything uh, everything changed. Um, uh, so what happened was I was on I twenty I twenty driving back. I think it was Myrtle Beach, mm-hmm. um, and it started raining like cats and dogs, uh, and then within like seconds the, the it, it was just like the road was just flooded right mm. um i hit a pocket uh, i i was going about 80 you know speed limit 70 i was going about 80 and i i, and I slowed down to 70 uh, but i guess it was too late and i hit a hit a pocket of water um and then i i i, I, I hydroplaned and I, just, mm. I hit i went in a spin and i hit a tree um when i came to my tree uh the curtain side curtain airbags my front airbags had deployed mm-hmm. uh the steering wheel was like pinning my legs down so it was like i couldn't right away get out um my car was kind of like kind of turned into like a v-shape because it like hit that tree wow. so it was it was a, it was a pretty bad accident um luckily i was able to wiggle myself out and like walk away mm-hmm. unscathed uh, i only had a bruise from my seat belt across my chest mm-hmm. and then my face of course was beat up a little bit from the airbag and um, so at that, at that point, like the adrenaline's flowing, right? Mm-hmm. I called the cops, uh, the cops come, uh, the ambulance comes actually. And I denied, actually, actually denied the ambulance, um, because growing up, my parents, my dad was like, don't take the ambulance. It's really expensive, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, for it. So for me, I thought, 
I'd rather die from my car accident wounds than die uh-huh. in the hands of my father for <laughs> taking the ambulance and like, you know, having crazy high medical bills. I was like, no, I will not take that ambulance. Um, and then, uh, so the you know the cop did the investigation. He was asking me like, a bunch of questions, and um, of course, I was still like in shock. Like I was like, I still didn't yeah. register what just happened. I was like, I don't remember a lot happening. Um, and he and he told me he's like, wow, like you're very lucky to be alive. He's like, he said he's seen work or accidents that were not as bad and there were fatalities. And then wow. he went on to say that I hit the perfect size tree. And I gave him this really confused look, I guess, because he explained to me if the tree was any thinner, it would have broke and I would have rolled down the hill. But if the wow. tree was any thicker, the force of the impact would have been greater and I definitely would have gotten more hurt if not died. Mm. And so he said, it's a miracle. You just walked away from that car accident. And wow. so with hearing that, uh, I was still trying to process. And um, my pastor uh, luckily was behind me and he picked me up and I was driving back in this car, just me and him. Actually, uh, someone was in the back too. Mm-hmm. And um, as the adrenaline started wearing off and the realization of just everything just, just happening, the first question I asked was, why am I alive? I asked God, wow. why was I spared? And then, you know, in First John, it says, you know, perfect love drives out fear, right? Mm. As I, in that vulnerable state, as, as I was just literally drowning in his love, uh, I know, like, in retrospect, like, God has always been there, and, and he's always loved me, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, when you're in that low point, right, like you just, I just almost died, like, I felt it for the first time. I know it's always been there, but that, I would say that was the first time I felt, truly felt, like, like the raw sheer force of his love Mm. and as that love was just filling me up all the fear of failure of disappointing my parents all the fear of not being the perfect son uh, even being the perfect you know uh, christian it all came to the surface and i just bawled like i couldn't i couldn't handle it Mm. and i was thinking like god why did you spare me i've you know i lived 22 years of my life and i've lived it all for my parents and for me. Like, I deserve to die. Like, you did not have to spare me. I, I deserve to die in that accident. Why did you spare me? Mm. And the only conclusion that I could come to was that simply because he loved me. And wow. w- with that realization, just, I, I saw, I broke, I think I, for a solid 30 minutes, I was just like bawling. I, I've not cried so much in my life, like ever. Mm. Even my pa- pastor was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you dehydrated because you've like been crying for like the past 30 I cried so much but that's when really like you know everything changed right mm-hmm. and um, when I came back to my old life you know going trying to get into dental school going to my job everything felt numb it just mm-hmm. felt wrong and I had to confront my parents and be like this is not what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. like, it's very clear that I went through that accident and God's telling me, like, you need to change directions. If you keep going down this road, you will literally die. Like, you will, it's not going to end well. And if I didn't have that car accident, I would, not in a million years, if I didn't have that car accident, not in a million years would I have the courage to face my parents, right? right. And tell them, you're wrong. I'm not being a dentist. But because of that, you got to give me the courage to confront them and tell them, hey, like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to try to find my own way and try to listen to God and try to find out what he wants me to do. And so, yeah. And then, so of course they were super upset. 
Mm-hmm. But even through that, there was a lot of reconciliation and uh, with my relationship with my parents. Like, don't get me wrong, my parents are great, and they love you know. I think their only fault was that they loved me too much. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and they wanted the best. I think that's that's a lot for a lot of us. Like like our parents, that's their only fault is that they love us too much. Yeah, and it becomes like we become like their idol, and then you know, vice versa. And but yeah, through that, even that, our relationship really got well. They you know they're great, and yeah, they definitely don't pressure me as much, but. Uh, yeah, but after that, that's yeah, that's when things changed, and uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you when you say like that, a lot of our parents are the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's true. Um, most of our parents, especially, I mean, the first gen Korean American immigrants, they've if not them, their their parents have gone through extreme poverty because right, right. you know not. Not even a maybe like a generation or generation and a half ago, um, Korea was a, was a third world country. You know, it was exactly. very war torn, very poor yeah. country. So when they pushed us to do or pursue careers where there's stability and high income, that's because they've seen the other opposite side of the spectrum. Exactly. You know? So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad you pointed. I'm glad you you brought that up because. Um, that's an incredible story um, of kind of coming to a head where you have on one hand your parents extreme love for you and on your other hand you have kind of what you know what God's leading you to do Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that so many of us second generation Korean American Christians go through in life there's that, that reckoning that happens for so many of us yeah and um, I'm glad. Uh, so I mean, let's just can we? Is it okay if we dive into that? Oh yeah, let's do it. That a little bit. Um, yeah, let's because I want to understand like what your parents' first initial reaction to you saying. I mean, I, I, let's let me ask. How did you even approach saying it? I just sat them down and mm-hmm. I told them, Mom, Dad, I don't think, you know, I want to be a dentist. And of course, they responded with like how dare you, you know, like, mm-hmm. we've sacrificed so much, you know, they said some really terrible things, really, really cut deep, like, mm-hmm. uh, you've wasted 23 years of your life, 22 years of your life, you know, you're like, you're such a disappointment, you know, basically everything I pretty much expected, Yeah. <laughs> um, just to share just disappointment, and man, and even to the point where my dad was like, I thought, like, I kind of thought, oh, my life is going to end today. Like, he looked that mad. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. So, with that kind of extreme reaction, uh-huh. well, what did you do? Or did you do anything to calm them down? Or, like, how did they... Because they eventually came around, right? Uh, it took about a week. Uh, they didn't talk to me for about a week, even though mm. I lived in their house. The only thing they said was, Batmogo was the only thing they, they ever right. said come, to me Come eat your food. Yeah. Yes. So... It took them a while, but of course, like they got over it. You know, I told them. Of course, I explained to them like, why, like, why now? Why, why is this happening? Like, I don't know. Like after the accident, I just feel like God's telling me to go a different direction. Hmm. Um, And so they kind of like eased off a little bit there, Hmm. but of course, their kind of parental kind of side came back, and it was like even after a week, they're all right. What's your plan? And like, I don't know. (laughs) Like this is the first time I've ever encountered. You know, really encountered the Lord, and now like I don't really hear from Him because you know at that point my faith hasn't really matured. My my spiritual mm-hmm. eye, I mean, you know, like that sensitivity, spiritual sensitivity hasn't been really like 
worked on. So I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't like hear or like I couldn't feel the leadings of the spirit at that point. So I was like, I have no idea, but I know that God is not gonna, you know, let me go and give give up on me now. I'm just gonna have to just keep knocking on the door, mm. keep praying, keep 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 moving forward, and keep seeking out what His will and seeking out His heart. That's all. Like, and th- and of course, that was not the answer they wanted. They wanted like a ten step plan, and then you know, and so they were still very like disappointed and like upset. But mm-hmm. I think for them too, it kind of uh, opened up something else. Like, oh, maybe like this is you know, this is okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how. That w- would you say that you're? explanation of how god was working in you mm-hmm. made it a easier pill to swallow for your parents because your your parents were faithful christians right 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 definitely definitely and i think that's another thing too. i think if they weren't so because my dad was an elder and my mom was a deacon they're very devout and faithful if if they weren't that way they would have probably called bs and you know mm. but i think because of that they're like huh like maybe this is like legit mm. and so i did see kind of that shift um in their kind of yeah perspective wow that's that's such i think that's really good insight for our listeners especially the younger listeners but even for the older um because there's so often i hear so many people's stories where there's always tension between you know what either what they want to do or what they feel like god's leading them to do Mm -hmm versus what their parents want them to do right um you know what actually whenever i have these like story people's life story podcasts like this Mm -hmm. um almost every single one of them mentions some sort of tension with their parents um regarding you know the kind of the life direction so yeah i think it's it's really good to know that first of all that they, your parents didn't disown you <laughs> yeah it, thank goodness i, I mean <laughs> <Thank> it, <God. laughs> i'm sure at the time that week felt terribly long but in the grand oh, yeah. scheme of things um it's I mean, a week is a relatively short amount of time it is um so the fact that they kind of came around and then they started shifting their perspective i think mm-hmm. that's something that we should all remember our parents mm. i mean they might get mad at us they might be upset but they'll never stop loving us you know right um exactly. so when we when we have those kind of situations to be upfront and straightforward with them, I think is the best kind of path or solution. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So again, sorry, that, that was a really great nugget there, but uh, going for continuing on. So how long was it before you kind of did figure out what career path you were going to try to pursue? Uh, so for about the next two, three years, I, man, I did the most, the random, most random jobs. Cause I literally had, you know, I had a biology background, but at that point, like I had no interest cause that's not even what I liked to do. I just mm-hmm. did it cause my parents, so that was out of the question. So I did, mm-hmm. I went back to construction for a little bit and I realized this is really hard work. <laughs> I, I want an easier job. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did a little bit of insurance adjusting. Um, my dad actually changed careers and started doing insurance adjusting because he was, again, bored with his liquor store, so he sold that. Uh, I didn't like that. There was a lot mm. of traveling involved. And, you know, at the time, I was also very heavily invested in my youth group at uh, Bethany. And, I, you know, I just, just missed them. Like, I, mm. I, I couldn't be away, you know. I was away, like, months at a time throughout the year, and I would come back, and 
I just felt like I just missed out so much in their lives and just in ministry. I was like, I just can't do this. I don't think, you know, this is what God wants me to do. Hmm. Um, man, I did random things. I worked at a newspaper stand. At that, uh, at, also at that point in my life, I was moved out in an apartment. Hmm. So I had to like get a job. <laughs> so I, I was doing like random things. and Wait, the newspaper stand? Are there any newspaper stands in Atlanta? Well, it was in a hotel, like the first floor. Like they sell oh. newspapers. They call it a newspaper stand, but really it was just snacks and uh, coffee and stuff like that. Oh, but gotcha, gotcha. no one actually bought the newspaper, but <laughs> it was called a newspaper stand. But uh-huh. uh, I did several other things. I don't, I don't remember, but just like odd jobs here and there, trying to figure it out, trying to feel out like what am I good at? You know, it's mm-hmm. like really that time was really a, for the first time in life. It was like, who am I? Right? I think uh, for a lot of us. We might deal with that earlier on, but I was kind of late, I guess. Hmm. It's like, who am I? Who has God made me? What abilities and talents has he given me um, that makes me so uniquely fit into his plan, right? Hmm. And so for the first time at age 22, 23, like I was asking myself that and I had no idea. And this actually kind of ties into like the crafty part. Uh, at the time, uh, Pastor Joe was my pastor. And oh, he actually... Pastor Joe's ha- song. Yes. Uh-huh. And he is actually the... Um, he was actually a big part of all that too. Um, even when before I confirmed my parents, like I talked to him and, and he really um, guided me and prayed for me. So Joe's a really big part of my life and mm. he really changed. I really truly believe God used him to tra- change the trajectory. Uh, just everything that he said was just like spot on. As, as, as like sharp as it was, just everything he said, I knew it was straight, it was straight from, I know it especially because it was straight from God because I, I brought it up like later he's like remember when you said this and he was like I don't remember like he doesn't remember like any of those conversations like, but we had like so many conversations about this and like they were like really deep and like good and he's like no I don't remember so I was like man it really was, he really was being used by God but and he was uh, he, he was also the one like I think at one point he was kind of into like building things like he got into the space where like hey let's like build a table and like mm. Josh I feel like you'd be good at it and so we built a table and I was like, wow, I am good at this. And that kind of like where it started. And so mm-hmm. Joe actually kind of helped me with that too, like trying to figure out, oh man, I'm actually good with my hands. Mm-hmm. And that turned into, you know, woodworking and um, that turned into other things. And um, another friend of mine, Crystal, she saw, hey, you're really good at woodworking. Maybe you'd be good at pottery too. And um, she introduced me to that. And so, she, and then I realized I was good at that. Um, and so just things like that kind of just, discovering oh man I'm, I'm good at this oh i didn't realize and mm. um yeah it was just a really good time just in terms of like my gifts for what, wow. what god has given me um yeah. yeah and that's also where the pc building too came into play i started building pcs and it was really enjoyable for me and so did they all kind of come at the same relatively yep. in the short same time frame yep. yep oh interesting all within about a year or two yeah oh wow wow yeah. So then, like, in terms, your profession doesn't really involve you being crafty, though, right? No. Uh, so with that, um, you know, as much as I loved woodworking and people were like, hey, you should do, like, you know, open an Etsy or do a, a business doing mm-hmm. all that. Like, I did research, you know. Um, I also started building guitars, too. I don't know if you've built, seen any of my guitars oh, that interesting. I built. Um, mm. So, I, you know, like I was doing all sorts of things that people were like, oh, you're really talented. I think, you know, you can make a living off this. And so I did a lot of research and mm. man, you, you'd be surprised how many guitar builders there are in just in Metro Atlanta. There's dozens. Oh. And I actually, uh, you know, contacted and befriended a few and I talked to them and they said it's hard because 
mm. you know it's there's a lot of competition actually and um it's a lot of work yeah and yeah unless you like really 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 love it they actually recommended not doing it mm. and so like i was like man like i still like i still need to live <laughs> like i still need to make pay the <laughs> bills and um I also kind of grew up kind of um, well off, like a lot like you, David, like my parents, mm-hmm. you know, worked really hard. So like we were upper middle class. I never felt poor. Like I always got what I needed and wanted. So like, man, I don't want to live like a part of me was like, I don't want to like, especially with like in the future, like having a kid. I don't want my kids. I don't want to not be able to my kids to do like a sport or to do like hagwon or something because I don't have enough money. So right. that was definitely a big factor. But um how I came to get my job, I guess, that's, I guess that's the next kind of step, was um, kind of interesting, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm very, like, prideful, and I'm very, like, you know, like, I did this, I earned this, and, like, God knows that. He knows how mm. prideful I am. So he knew that if, he, if I had earned any, any, like, bit of credit for, like, my career choice or how much money I make, he, he knows that I would quickly turn away from him. Mm. So... Uh, after all these uh, attempted uh, failures of finding career, like I actually was unemployed, unemployed for about eight months because I'd oh, given wow. up. Like I don't like any of these jobs. And I've kind of like, you know, reached out to everyone in my circle to ask for jobs and they've kind of ended up being dead ends. And mm. I don't know what to do, God. Like, so I'm just going to quit and I'm just going to leave it to you and I'm just going to pray and, and just leave it up to you. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm at, I'm at, a, I'm at a loss, right? So... Um, I had enough money to pay for rent for eight months. Exactly. I did all the math. Okay, I can live for eight months. So like, I was like, God, like, I, not, I guess I sort of challenged him. Right? I have eight months. Do your thing. I don't, I'm, I'm 100% just believe in you, like pulling all my faith in you. Like, I don't know what to do, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep serving the church faithfully and just keep praying and, and just listening as, as carefully as I can. Mm. And of course, um, uh, seventh like month seven uh, mm-hmm. my roommate at the time uh he was he started freaking out like bro you don't have a job like you're running out of money like how you gonna pay for rent if you don't pay for rent i'm can't cover your rent we're gonna be kicked out and he was like freaking out and i started freaking out i was like oh my god god please <laughs> like i only have a month left mm-hmm. and month eight um uh my bo- my current boss today he calls me out of nowhere and i was like hey uh i'm billy i know your sister and I'm starting a company, an ITS company. Uh, ITS stands for Intellig- Intelligent Transportation Systems. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what that is, but mm. it's a job, right? And so I go in for the interview. Uh, I show him my resume. I'm like, I f- which felt completely useless, right? It's just like a bio, like a bio major, like all these random things. It had nothing to do with technology, nothing to uh-huh. do with, you know, anything like that. And I honestly told him straight up, I don't really feel qualified for this job. And he says, like, I know I, this, <laughs> he said, that's very obvious, but he said he wasn't hiring me for my um, resume or for my qualifications. Um, my sister knew him because uh, she, bab- she actually bab- at babysat, she babysits on the side and she babysat his kids. Mm. And uh, she knew, she overheard him talking about him starting a new company. And so, of course, my sister really talked me up. Was, oh, my brother's really smart. She gradu- graduated from tech. He'd be great. He's a fast learner. And so... On the sole basis of what my sister said, I got hired for this job wow. that I was not qualified or experienced for at all. Um, and that to me was, again, God doing his thing. And it's a miracle um, because he, 
paid me initially he paid me like eighteen dollars an hour, which I did not deserve because I literally knew nothing, right? And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh God, like you, <laughs> like thank you, Lord. Like he literally <laughs> just dropped this job, this perfect job. And um, better yet was uh, my boss, he actually graduated from Christian college, so he was oh. fully supportive of my ministry and what I was doing, and like, he was like he he donated to our mission like mission trips like he was very very supportive and if i ever asked for like days off for church or ministry or retreats he would like take it like no questions asked take it Hmm. so and like even and like you know i I have normally in our in my contract i have two weeks paid vacation right but if you really look at it in a year in a church church like calendar i have two retreats at the minimum right and both a week each not to not to mention like the lock-ins and like right. the outings and all, it ends up being about a month a little more throughout the year but he never like i was like i was a little worried but i told him but and he never he gave me all those days off paid up paid paid days off wow yeah so he was like even that that aspect like if i had any other boss that would not have been possible and it would have mm. really interrupted and messed with my ministry but mm. but seeing how god sent me this perfect job and this perfect boss and it was like this had to it had to be a god thing right he had to give me this perfect job and it's like and as the first you know two years was really rough i was like really learning but as i i I, man it was the first two years man i learned so much but um by year three he was like hey i think you're ready for that big raise and he literally like doubled my pay and it was like blessings all over like i still think i get paid more than i deserve and again i think it's that's it's it's a god thing and um, he's, you know, he's telling me, I'm blessing you so you can bless others. Wow. And, um, so yeah, that's where I'm at now. And just, uh, really, uh, relishing just being just part of his plan and just being in his presence. And, um, and I feel, of course, God's always like, but you're not done. I'm not done mm. with you. Right. And he's always like pushing me and challenging me. And, um, I think it's about time. Uh, I've been praying this for a while for, um, um, I obviously next to his wife and family and kids. Mm. And so uh, I don't know. Again, I know his time is perfect. Mm. Uh, I'm 31, but I know his timing is perfect. <laughs> so I'm not too worried. Um, so yeah, I, I think something is happening. And But what's interesting though, like right when I thought, oh, I'm ready to get married, like COVID happens, right? And it's like, oh man, <laughs> like I can't like yeah. meet anybody. So I, I guess God, this, God's way of saying is like, hey, wait. <laughs> I don't know, I guess. But... Yeah, so that's where I'm at now. Just um, ministry well, is really what I'm passionate about. Uh, if, and my job uh, if, really supports all that. Well, that's awesome. But if there are any uh, 30-something females out there who are looking <laughs> for a really handy guy, faithful guy, Josh. <laughs> Josh Kim is, is the dude. Um, but I, So you know how you know, your parents are very um, concerned about your career and future when you told them hey i don't think medical is the way to go mm-hmm. do you ever have conversations with them now to kind of retrospectively look at your life and say hey like even though you were so concerned back then mm-hmm. look at how god has blessed me like have you ever had that conversation uh yeah occasionally what's funny is actually um of course they're like hey it's not too late to go back like they'll say <laughs> that hey you're like 31 but you can still go back like, i know we like we know people that went back to dental school like 35 you know like late mid 30s like you can go back they still, they'll still bring it up every occasionally <laughs> mm-hmm. just kind of like they know that it's kind of like fruitless 
but they'll kind of just like throw it out there, just like you know, casually. Hey, you need maybe go back to school. I'm like, nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, they. I think that I'm making uh, enough for myself right now. But they're, yeah. you know, parents are always like, no, you need to make more. You know, mm. you need to be like, you need that cushion. You need that comfort. Mm. But I don't think that's really a good thing either. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I see. I see. So, I mean, it's still obviously you're you're very young, so you don't know where else god's gonna take your career but i was i always get interested in that because for me in my life story when i tell when i talk to my parents about some of the supposed missteps of my life Mm -hmm. like we a lot of times come to the conclusion man maybe god did put you on that track or Mm -hmm. maybe god did make it seem like you know this thing wasn't successful so mm-hmm. that he could put you on the path that you're on now. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the, with parents, it's really just, they, they talk a lot, but once you have kids, once you give them grandkids, that's mm-hmm. when they're like, okay, you fulfilled <laughs> your duty as my child. You know, like uh, that's funny. when they start saying things like, wow, like you ended up great, you know, like all, all those uh, kind of okay. things. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's something that Korean Americans don't really do that often. Mm. I think a lot of times it might be because of language barrier. Um, thankfully, I wasn't born here. I was born in Korea, so mm-hmm. I still retained a fair bit of Korean to be able to converse with my parents. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listeners, if you're out there kind of relating to Josh's story, I think it might be fruitful and it might be fun to just kind of have a, yeah, just walk down memory lane with your parents to kind of like talk to them about I remind them of like all the blessings you're experiencing through mm. God. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you're, but you're well off enough to like have bought a house to, to start renovating and all that that's kind what, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like mom, dad, I, I make good money, but <laughs> yeah. to them it's like, no, you need to make more. You, know? <laughs> you need to go back, get a master's degree and, you know, make $150,000. I'm like, that's too much. I feel like, <laughs> that- you know, that's, it's too much <laughs> never satisfied never yeah, oh satisfied. yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean like you said before too they they also you know we do when they are serious and they are like you know they're like i think you are where you're supposed to be is what the conclusion mm-hmm. they come to as well but they, of course they're like jokingly like oh you know go back to school mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that's awesome so you that, that you're you're working in is the company name ITS or is that? Uh, no, uh, uh, the company industry? is 360 Network Solutions, but yeah, we, we're in the ITS field. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. So at work, you're mostly just working on your computer, right? Like doing things on computer? Is we're still right? a very small company, so I actually have a lot of hats. Um, sometimes on the computer, sometimes I'm in the field helping integrate you know, our products, hardware, software. Sometimes I'm doing customer service. Sometimes I'm on a sales call or doing a sales pitch. It, it's cool. a, we still, yeah, uh, we're still only like, well, me and my boss started and then we added, we, since we've added, it's been five years now and we've mm-hmm. added four more people, wow. but it's, we do so much and I think, but because our team is so com- capable, we have so many hats and we have so many, so it's pretty different every day. Well, not, well, with COVID, obviously, yeah, it slowed down mm-hmm. a little bit and still very much yeah. at the office, but yeah, it's, it's, every day looks different, which I love because I hate doing the same thing over and over again too. Yeah, and I, I can tell just by all the things that you do in life, right? You, yeah. well, so for people who don't know, when I alluded to the fact that we often talk um, through video games, it's because, um, well, I guess it kind of started with your church, but there's kind of like a, 
pseudo community of Asian American Christians that gather virtually to play video games quite often, almost uh-huh. every night, right? Almost every night. Yeah, and you enabled a lot of those people by building PCs for them. I mean, even the the graphics card that I have is is from you, um, mm-hmm. and the fans and. Um, yeah, so how did you get into building PCs? Um, well, obviously, you know, there's as cheap as my parents are, I think we all kind of inherit that, you know, to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> and just seeing, like, you know, pre-builds and the ridiculous prices and, and doing the math and, like, building my own. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's so much cheaper. It's going to be better quality parts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for me. So, um, and then with just the whole community thing, uh, I work, I, I'm now at Grace Korean uh, Presbyterian with, with, Jim, uh, James, mm-hmm. and um, I actually got him, I got him, I built him a PC and got him to video games too, and he was like, hey, we should like, do like a community, where it's like, like a non-toxic, you know, mm. um, not explicitly Christian, but like a non-toxic, like, you know, community where we build each other up and just have fun, and, and you know, there's, where it's like, we're like safe, you know, for, for kids to play in, because yeah. we realized a lot of our kids play video games, and then we played video games with them, and they're very toxic, like, that's not, and we knew that that's not good for mm. their spiritual lives and everything, so let's build a space where it's like that, where it's like safe and, and wholesome and, and you know, um, more uh, non-toxic, so that's, yeah. So for, for uh, pe- people who might not know, when we say toxic, we mean they're very they don't build people up when they're speaking to other people playing while playing video games saying things like oh you're really bad you suck like why are you so bad like oh i'm so much better than you that's the kind of toxicity we're talking about and obviously those there's a lot of pride uh, Mm -hmm. and anger wrapped up in that toxicity which Mm -hmm. is something we is like counter to what we're trying to strive for as christians right right Um, right yeah, so that's you know you know what's funny um around the time when you gave jim the or like you like helped him with the pc like got him into like into pc gaming uh-huh. is when i was playing a lot of like playstation 4 games and like mobile games with him uh-huh, uh-huh. and he he's the one who for the longest time i didn't want to get into pcs because uh-huh. i just i feel like oh, well with, with my playstation 4 i'm i'm set i don't need a pc right. but he finally uh got me into it and i'm really glad he did because okay. especially with covid the community that we have where you know like ages ranging from middle school to like 35 30s. year olds yeah, yeah. like we, <laughs> we get to play together and you know we get to ha- like fellowship and the yeah. older ones of us we can show the younger ones more you know an example of like how to behave even right. if you're you have the anonymity of you know being behind the keyboard so i think it's a really cool like community that you guys have set up and and um yeah and by the way if anyone is interested in becoming part of this community but um buying a pc has been too much of a or has been financially intimidating we have a solution for you uh josh you and jim you guys have started a it's like a pseudo business right yeah, it's uh, it's kind of uh, still working on it. It's mm-hmm. uh, I think it's hard for um, people are so used to like pre builds and like uh, especially with like, everything going on and prices are kind of like fluctuating a lot because you know there's demand is like the demand is very high right now because everyone's mm-hmm. like at home and they're bored. So with everything going on, it's been kind of hard to like um, do a service as hey we can build you a PC at whatever budget you need. 
Mm. Uh, it always seems like people are trying to find like a really good deal, mm. but that's not always the case. You get what you pay for with PC. Like if you want a three hundred dollar PC, it's not going to be that great. Mm. So it's been a little hard, um, but we we I think we made a mistake of like trying to reach out to strangers. I think we should probably we try to be more like local, like friends first, mm. close friends, and then expand expand out. But that's kind of been like a bust, honestly. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, let's let's talk about it here then. So for friends, I'm sure a lot of you guys know Josh. Um, the cool thing about what they're doing is they're not they don't just have set hey, this is the PC build, this is the price, take it or leave it, is you can, they can really customize it for you. Um, if you have certain games in mind that you want to play at you know, whatever quality level, they can really work with you um, on budget and let you know what's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone like me, well, a game that I often play is the original StarCraft, which is, man, it was, I think it first came out in like 94 or, so, yeah. or something. It's super... <laughs> So you you don't need a super strong PC to play that, right? Mm, mm. So like if if someone said, "Hey, I just want to play StarCraft," then they might be able to build you a PC on the much lower end right. of the cost spectrum. But right. if you want to play something with very high graphics uh, needs, then it's it's going to be more expensive. But the right. fact that you can talk to someone and say, "Hey, like this is kind of my budget. I'm trying to see if I can play these kind of games." I don't think you can really find that anywhere, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That 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 customer service aspect of like having someone you know, like knowing what you're, like knowing exactly what you're going to be using it for, and then building it out to those specs. I think, exactly. yeah, that you yeah. can save a lot of money that way. So yep. guys, um, yeah, if if anyone out there is interested, get yourself a PC through Josh and Jim and join us on on discord and we can play some games together yes please <laughs> uh we play all sorts of games too not just like mm-hmm. competitive shooters but we play like among us and fall guys so it's if you're not even into like you know just the normal esports games we do play a lot of uh like community and fun like types of games so i think it really that's it really helps include everyone like we have a lot yeah. of like uh younger middle school girls that would play with us because obviously they're not going to play like Valorant and like, but they will play Among Us and you know, mm. so it's 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 really we're trying to include everybody. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and whenever someone mentions, "Hey, this game's on sale and it looks really fun," like the community kind of rallies behind that and says, "Hey, yeah, let's try it out." And yeah, yeah. You guys just play together, so it's it's a really I think it's great. Um, if if you don't want to join our community, if, uh, but you want to figure out something to do with your community that you haven't been able to do because of lockdowns and quarantines, I would really look into this, this avenue. Um, cause it's, I mean, everyone needs computers, right? So having right. A, a PC isn't just solely for gaming. Right. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's a good investment. Yeah. yeah. We do do like consultations too. Like a lot of, like a lot of times, like people will have PCs. Mm. All they need to do is add a like a video card, a graphics card, and they'll be able to Ooh. game. So there's there's you don't always have to build like buy a brand new build or PC. It's like we'll, if you tell us what you have, we'll tell you the limitations of that, and then and then give you recommendations. Hey, if you add this or upgrade this for minimal amount of money, you mm. can do and play this. Yeah. So we also provide all of that for free as well. Yeah, and I I can speak to Josh's expertise because. We were playing Valorant one night, and my PC just randomly shut off. And I was, it had done that several times before, and I was confused what was happening. And on the spot, like while we were talking, um, 
voice, he was able to diagnose the fact that I didn't have any intake fans like bringing air into my right. PC. Um, so like he, yeah, I mean, he super nice because we're friends. He sent me <laughs> sent me some fans he had lying around, and that that's when he sent me the mugs that he he built or he made as well. So he he's very knowledgeable guy. So I definitely recommend it. And if you don't know anything about gaming, um, watch one of James's streams. His name is Apologetics. I in one of my older posts I, I tagged him. So watch that because chances are you'll see Josh and I on the stream anyways because <laughs> yeah. we play with him. <laughs> we play with him often. Yeah. So uh, then can we talk a little bit? I, I know we talked about the PC side of it. I want to talk to you about the the woodworking part of it because oh, okay, yeah. that. It's crazy to me. Well, first of all, it's crazy to me that you're renovating your your house. Mm-hmm. But it's also crazy to me all the things I've seen you built. Because you mentioned Pastor Joe, and at his house he has. You, didn't you guys do something with uh, like re- reclaimed wood at one point? Yes, yes. That was where we kind of started with reclaimed wood, mostly because we didn't have any money. So (laughs) we would go around like finding pallets like in the back of warehouses and just like using that. Yeah, Yeah, because he he has a wooden clock. Uh And I think that's one that you built. Yeah, I made made it for him. Yeah, (laughs) that's how how do you do that? Like, how do you even Okay, for someone who doesn't know anything about woodworking, how would you advise them and guide them? To getting into it and learning the basics of it. Uh, that's hard to say because I didn't. No one like taught me. But mm-hmm. um, uh, another piece of uh, information that actually might be helpful is like actually my grandfather. I when I started doing woodworking, and my grandfather came from Korea to visit me and he saw all my stuff and he was like, "Wow, this is pretty good." And he actually that's when he first for the first time he told me he actually he was a carpenter, when wow. he was. So yeah, I, I guess it kind of runs in my blood. So mm. I never really like learned or like was taught. I kind of just figured it out through like just mm. trial and error. So I don't think I'd be the best one to ask that, like how to no. get into it. But that no, that actually gives us a good insight. Trial and error. I think. I mean, experience is a pretty good yeah. teacher, right? Yeah. So, but but the other good thing is now that we know that you are a very good handy woodworking kind of guy if there are people out there who have like basic questions i'm sure you wouldn't mind fielding some of those right oh not at all yeah Yeah. um because it's it's so amazing some of the things i've seen that you build because they're fully functional and there are things that people would pay a lot of money for you know um i I think it was at bethany um Uh uh there were there are these I forget if they're storage units slash benches that kind yes. of roll in and out, right? Yes, yes. Like, you built that, right? I did, I did. And it's, there. I think when I went inside, you weren't even at the church anymore. Like, And they were still using it. And Yes, it's, yes, they still are, I think. Uh, I mean, like, they, they would have to have paid money, like hundreds of dollars to, to have something like that. Um, I mean high end of the hundreds right to to have yep. furnished their entire youth kind of sanctuary area with those kind of things yeah so it's, it's a, kind of it's kind of in right now so yeah no it's a super useful useful skill and especially because people are bored at home with the lockdown and quarantining from covid 
Um, I know a lot of people are dabbling or starting to dabble in, in mm -hmm. woodworking. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you can't give us kind of how to, how to get started, what are some of uh, basic principles that you always hold by when, or hold to when you're doing woodworking? Are there anything like guiding principles that you have? Uh, not, hmm. you, you know, like, um, the, I think one kind of cliche one is measure twice, cut once. Oh yeah. You that's, that's like, that's a good one. <laughs> is it, is it really like actually? Yes. Yeah. You don't know how many times I cut something like, like if it's too long, it's okay. Cause you can trim it. But if it's too hmm. short, you're like, dang it. I just wasted this whole piece of wood. Cause I didn't like measure like accurately. So that's hmm. definitely one. Mm. Um, I think of other stuff. I can't really think of anything else. Do you, do you always um, finish your woodworking pieces with like varnish or anything like that, or? Uh, depend? it depends on what. Uh, I did for a short period of time do like custom orders for like close friends and family. It really depends mm -hmm. on what they want. Some wanted like the really raw, unfinished look and feel. Some people mm -hmm. want it super polished. You know, high like sh like shiny you know really shiny and then others wanted something in the middle more like a satin finish or like a matte finish so it really wow. depends on what you want wow are would you so i, I know you you obviously have a full-time job and you do a lot of ministry work mm -hmm. have you ever considered kind of doing starting up a business um with taking custom orders and things like that uh i did do it for a little bit but just i have a lot on my plate and it was really hard to like have a full-time job, do ministry, you know, mm -hmm. also take care of my parents and then also like run around like getting, doing custom orders and it, it was kind of difficult. Uh, I would definitely have to cut something out in my life to do so, but I don't feel like it's worthwhile cutting anything else out just to mm. kind of pursue um, something that I am I'm good at mm. and, uh, and not, I wouldn't say like passionate about, like it's really fun for me, but I wouldn't say I'm like passionate about it. I just feel mm. like it's just one more kind of tool that God has given me so that I may, you know, do ministry or, you know, help the church or, um, yeah, whatever it may be. You, you know, there's a, I think that that's another common theme um, between me and you that I think we talked a lot about how we have similar upbringing, similar, like kind of coming like similar, a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, the tension that we have with our parents in mm -hmm. terms of our career and things like that. But one thing that I, the tension that I had with my parents was mm -hmm. me wanting to do like graphic design or like fine arts. Right, right. And I eventually chose not to, I did something else. But for me as well, like no matter how much I love painting, no matter how much I love, you know, drawing and things like that, mm -hmm. I also think of it as just something that I like doing, mm -hmm. but not enough to cut out some other aspect of my life to try to pursue to like monetize or something like that. Right. right. And I, th I think that's something that we don't talk enough about as mm -hmm. older second generation people, Korean Americans. Right. Because the narrative is always, you know, I gave up my dream and I did something to make money and now I'm miserable. You know, that, that, that's kind of like yeah. how the narrative, but, um, I don't think enough people hear that why we got this kind of stable job and we still mm. do the things that we love. For we, sure. For sure. 
but that's not that's a very small part of our life we mm-hmm. there are other things that we've found to be more important and because mm-hmm. you know i i don't want the younger listeners to just only believe that i need to pursue what i want to do what right. i'm passionate in mm-hmm. i mean pursuing your passions is great it's good but if that ruins every other relationship in your life and ruins you know all the other things that gave you joy i don't know is it worth it it's not I, I, you you kind of have to weigh that out i guess yeah, yeah. is your passion does your passion give you enough joy to outweigh all those other things yeah if so then go for it but i think a lot in a lot of cases that's not true right and i want to encourage people to say hey you know look at me and josh like we it's not that we've given up like i haven't given up trying like you haven't given up being crafty because you're a very crafty guy right but you're in a place where god's blessing you kind of in multiple directions you know Mm -hmm. with a stable job but you have all this passion and you 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 love doing woodwork so you're able to renovate your own house Mm -hmm. which is again crazy to me that you're (laughs) renovating your own house um so i I think that's an important lesson yeah Um, for sure i I think that if if you guys take away anything from this if you're kind of concerned about how to juggle passion or balance passion and Mm -hmm. um seeking stability um, I think there's a fam- fine balance. It's not yeah. always just one or the other. Right. Um, and I think me and you, Josh, were living proof of that. For sure, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, th- thank you so much for uh, talking to us. It's, uh, we're, I think, right at the hour mark. Oh, awesome. Um, was there anything that uh, we didn't talk about that you wanted to kind of cover or go through? Uh, I don't, I think that's, I think that's pretty much hit everything. Yeah. Yeah. Man, but you know, you we don't kind of we we don't really get to talk about some of the more serious things that we talked about today on Discord, right? When we're playing games, so yeah. I'm really glad we did this. We yeah, had to yeah. do this, <laughs> you know, because really looking forward to it. Um, I I do I do remember Jim mentioning something about you being in an accident, but uh-huh. I I completely had forgotten about that when we started recording. Uh-huh. So when you when you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, like. Um, and to kind of hear more about that and, and your journey of uh, how, really just how that changed your life trajectory yep. mm-hmm. and um, you know, how you got into woodworking, how you got into PC building, all that kind of stuff. I'm so glad you got to talk about that. And uh, I'm so glad that our community has someone like you that we can approach, we can talk to, to ask questions about. Because so many of the kids um, ask you questions about what PC component to get, you know, <laughs> what to do, like how to set it up and all those kind of things. Um, and that's because you've done it and you're, you're there to kind of uh, guide them. Um, so it's always easier when it's someone in your community. So guys, for sure, for sure. If, if you're out there uh, wondering about, I know we didn't get to talk much about the pottery stuff, but um, okay. if, <laughs> if there's any of those things that you're curious about, um, yeah, feel free to contact me at ihthtpodcast.gmail.com um, or on Instagram at I hope they hear this or on Twitter at ihthtpodcast. And any of the questions or comments directed at Josh, I'll make sure um, that it gets to him. And um, I'm sure he'll, he'll be more than happy to field some of your, your questions. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Josh, thank you so much for being on. And it's about Very the well. time where we start uh, gaming for the next Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, thank guys. Thank you. See you soon, man.